Hey, what's going on, Clipper people? It is me, William, the Opinion Update. And I am positively hyped that the season starts this week. Chuck Lockler. And we're your friendly neighborhood Clippers podcast. Yes. Just a couple of best friends, Clipper credential media folks. We're bringing Locked on Clippers. When can you hear it? Five days a week, Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Kill some windshield time. Make us your first listen. Fun way to start the day. Might get you a little too hyped up this week, as we said, because the season is here. We cannot wait to bring you this Clippers news. Absolutely. And kicking off the news today, we're going to start with the Freshies. Every single Monday, we talk about the Fresh guys to the squad. So there'll be some stuff on Hart and some Hartenstein stuff in there. Oh, Bledsoe yeah. stuff. Brand Boston Jr., Winslow, Keon, all the players, <laughs> you know, you want to hear about them. And then we're talking defensive pros and cons to open the season uh, with the loss of a very prominent part of our defense. Sure. Uh, we're going to talk about where the Clippers stand, what they were good at last season, what they could improve on this year. And then in shavings, we got a bunch of stuff from the Clippers. They had an open practice at the Galen Center uh, at USC there. Oh, yeah. And also... First for the first of the season. First Luke Kennard progress report. We're officially Clippers basketball is officially back. It is back. <laughs> so glad to have you with us. And all that and more, possibly, coming up right about now. You are locked on Clippers. Your daily Los Angeles Clippers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Yes, so welcome to the Freshies every Monday. Also, if you're listening for the first time, welcome to the show. Hey, yeah, thanks yeah, for checking us out. Time, make the clip flip. Uh, the Freshies, we talk about the new Clippers players. And we're going to start this off with the freshest Clipper player, the newest Clipper player. Isaiah Hartenstein won the third center battle. Yeah. Much respect to Harry Giles, uh, but it was pretty evident that the team was better with Hartenstein on the floor compared to Giles. Yeah, I mean, he also got a lot more run. Uh, it just looked like he he could do the a lineups few he ran more. with. It seemed pretty clear that he was going to be the third center too. Yeah, well, and <laughs> even in that game that Giles started, it was still kind of like okay. Even like, before the preseason, and I know maybe this shouldn't be an indication, but for me it is. Right. Uh, all of the team media that was coming out sure. from training camp and stuff, a lot more Hartenstein focus. <laughs> yeah, there Giles. wasn't a lot of Giles content. Very good call. Um, which is a pretty indicative thing with how the Clippers operate. Like the media thing is very real. Yeah. Um, it's how you know who's probably going to play. Giles finds out he's not on the team because his jersey isn't in the team. It's store. like the it's like when Destiny's Child kicked out that one artist, and she just realized when the video when came the music out. video came brutal. Out. But that's not what the Clippers did. They let Giles down. Well, uh, Hartenstein had some good stuff on choosing to leave Cleveland. He he bet on himself. Yeah, this season. Um, he said, "I think I'm a good center in the NBA," and I think that was one of the reasons why I didn't want to stay in Cleveland, even though they treated me really well out there. I just want to be in a situation where I can play and really have a chance to prove myself. Um, yeah, he turned down a deal with the, a training camp deal with the Warriors too, knowing he was going to come compete with Giles. Ty Lue said he likes his verticality and was surprised to see him block a few dunks. So I'm excited. I'm mostly intrigued by what his defense is going to look like. That you think is the most intriguing part of his game, or that's the part you're what most worried I'm most, about? Most like what I want to see look like against NBA competition. We know gotcha. the passing is great. I'm obviously like most excited by the passing. But in terms of how he can carve out real minutes, oh, how's okay. that defense yeah, no, I, I think that's absolutely true, and I think that that is, I mean, yeah, that's going to be the litmus test. Luckily for him, like he is going to have some minutes, kind of starting in the rotation, right? Yeah, right away. But <laughs> no, you're absolutely right. Like whatever growth or um, just productivity he's able to show on the defensive end is is going to go a long way towards him getting more minutes. Yeah, he's also apparently allowed to shoot threes. Yes. Yes. La Murray said uh, Isaiah Hartenstein is allowed to shoot threes. Despite being the only Clipper aside from Avitsa Zubats not attempt one on the preseason, Zoo has to lobby to shoot threes, but that apparently won't be the case for Hartenstein with a smiley face. Uh, that's a good time. Over under 
on threes Hartenstein takes per game at 0.9. Yeah, that sounds about right. You think he takes, you think under? I take the over, but like not like by a smidge. I mean, the, like maybe the over is that he's taking one, one a game. Yeah. Like, and I think actually, I think I go under. I'm going to take the under <laughs> two because I think that maybe we run, we do a couple things where we run like one form a game and then sure. we're like, yeah, why do we do this? Well, this was cool. Yeah, like they want. Yeah, you're like, all right, that it's was de- fun. yeah, it's gonna be under. Yeah, that's fair. Sorry, um, contradicting myself. Excited to see him on the team, though. Welcome to the team, Isaiah. Uh, the Heart and Stands are what his fans oh. are called. Heart and Dimes, or what his assist is called. A Twitter user thought of that. I gotta find who did it, but the nicknames are flowing. Yeah, somebody should do a cover of "He Loses Heart and Soul," but Heart and Stein. That's a good call. Um, <laughs> for those <laughs> for that for that crossover appeal between Huey Lewis and the Clippers. Um, let's get into the new guys uh, who aren't as new, but we're going to be ranking who we're most excited for from the new guys. We got Bledsoe, Winslow, Hartenstein, Brandon Boston Jr., Keon. Yes. Does Luke Kennard count in the new guys? So, like, yes and no, right? You know what I mean? Like, when we're talking weird. about, like, excitement, uh, I mean, Luke Kennard is probably, like, top of the list, yeah, right? Sure. Uh, it well, feels like a new season for him. Yes. A bit. I didn't necessarily include him in this because he's not really new. Although I think that's fair. <laughs> I can understand any argument to make him part of this because his role is new. Uh, it's, you know, it's essentially. We know what he can do. We just need to see more of it. Yes. Uh, yeah, we just need to see more of it. I, that, that's a good call. That's a good call. So for me, in terms of guys I'm the most excited for, number one, uh, new guys. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now that we've uh now that we've now that we've that. Uh, Bledsoe for me is like top of the list uh I think part of the reason is like he truly is stepping into the biggest role of any spoiler alert this is also mine he's a starter like we gotta <laughs> yeah yeah we need him to be good and I guess like I'm wondering what it's gonna look like early um you know defensively looked like he was really engaged through the preseason yeah um you know I expect him to like rebound at a high level uh active hands you know, which we Oh, yeah, love. making those pass lane, passing lanes smaller. And, you know, offensively, he does one thing really, really well, right? <laughs> yeah. And so... Runs I, directly at you and you, yeah. Yeah, and I think the Clippers, you know, have a personnel that can kind of capitalize on that. Sure. Um, so, yeah, you Both know, inside and outside, as we saw from the preseason, which is great. I'm also excited in that I feel that his game is really solid. Yeah, for sure. So I couldn't agree more. I think he's my most... I'm most excited for him. We're going to talk about what he brings to the defense. Yeah. Um, in the next segment, but I I think he's weirdly gonna surprise some people with how effective the Clippers offense looks. It's like gonna be like when Reggie Jackson was when the Clippers had the best offensive rating and everyone outside of the Clippers was like, Wait, Reggie Jackson is a starting point card? This seems like a red flag. You're like, No, it's actually great. <laughs> like, this is exactly what we need. Him and Reggie together is gonna be that's gonna be interesting. We didn't see a whole bunch of Reggie in the preseason. So for me, I mean, yeah. Reggie is just still. He had the best preseason anyone. We're going to talk about that later, too. But yeah, he I think Bledsoe's one. Who's two for you? Two for me is probably Hardenstein. Okay. And similarly to Bledsoe, like he's going to have a he's going to have a definite role on the roster uh, while Serge is recovering. Like he's just going to have to. Yeah. So th- that's like exciting. And he also like in this limited amount of time. Sure. Well, however long Serge's timetable is, he's really. Yeah. I mean, this is kind of the prove it part of the contract. That's a good call. He kind of immediately comes into, we need you. Like, so Serge did progress to five on five uh, and played in a bit of the practice at the Galen Center, which is great. But you're right, dude. Hart is going to be like, okay, like we saw you were looking great in the preseason. And now 
He hasn't even been on the team that long. Um, yeah, now can he do it? Yeah, and we mentioned it before, but like the big question is just going to be, will his defense be good enough? Sure, yeah. I... And it's tough to say, though, right? Because like as the third center, you haven't had to necessarily be the best defender. Exactly. But if you're in that if you're the second, second center, yeah, center <laughs> position, it's you know, it's the people are going to be a lot more critical, and the team is going to be a lot more critical. What? Yeah. What do you think is going to be the pull him offense for Hartenstein? Ooh, like what Tyloo doesn't like to see from him. Yeah, like most? what's the thing happening on the floor that every fouls. that every time it, like it's going to be the fouls. It's going to be think? fouls. If you look at his per thirty six. Which some of it looks, most of it looks fantastic. The fouls get a little dicey, and that was that's been Zeus. That just seems like a big. I mean, if your big is in like a foul heavy situation, he can't be out there. Yeah, I think if he gets burned once or twice defensively, and then uh, he's listed as a forward too on Basketball Reference, so and then like, like throws a turnover. Uh, yeah, if he gets a little too flashy with it, I think that might be a pull. That's a good call. Yeah, 2021, he had 6.7 fouls uh, per 36. So can't be doing that. You know, you can't do that. Yeah. Uh, so I think, I think fouls, yeah, I think that'll be it. All right, so next on the list for me uh, is Brandon Boston Jr. Okay. And look, honestly, like, we're not going to get to see that much of it. <laughs> and that has me, like, really excited. Like, for every time that we do, I'm going to be yeah. like, yes. Honestly. Do it, Brandon. <laughs> good or bad uh, because of how he did it in Summer League and preseason. I'm sold enough on Brandon Boston. Sure. Jr. I think everybody is. I, I, I think that, like, any positive, you know, growth that he has or any, you know, positive performance I'm going to be so hyped on. Yeah. And any. <laughs> so it's a, it's a money, it's a house money year for him. Yes. And any negative thing, I'm going to be like, oh, well, you know, still a young player. Hey, still got a lot of way to go. <laughs> um, so my Bledsoe and Hart are the same for me, but I'm actually putting Winslow ahead of Brandon Boston Jr. Okay. For obviously, he's, he's going to have a bigger role, I think. Oh, for sure. They've yeah. given him kind of a lot of responsibility in terms of like floor general stuff, even Maybe. in the preseason. Just based on the preseason, it's like they really are. They want him to play point again. Like they're going right back into what he did well in Miami. Yeah, because he has familiarity with. Uh, we Craig, also ran more great. stuff though through Hartenstein. Sure, very good point. And I like the narrative of it. You know, the Brandon Boston Jr. is elite. Um, the Winslow one is. You know, it's interesting because like he's been a kind of like a quasi proven commodity, but now he has to like reprove it. It's exciting. Yeah, well, it's and Brandon like Boston Jr.'s narrative, not to downplay his narrative because his is also amazing but i'm just talking in terms of like play on the court type stuff yeah yeah so winslow's lower for me i i mean like that's understandable he is famously brian cullen's most exciting new guy which i think is hilarious like i i agree this could absolutely end up being a really quality pickup i just don't know like how he fits in when all the wings are healthy right especially yeah. looking at like a shortened playoff rotation yes and part of me wonders if even signing him like is winslow a bit of an insurance policy in case man doesn't develop as a defender and Ooh. Batum has to miss games sneaky i think he might be he signed for depth right which is kind of an interesting thing to sign winslow for given how many games he's played but i think you're right i think it is like it's a not emergency depth that feels disrespectful but I see no, what you're I, saying. It is, yeah, it is wing depth that, yeah. you know, we can run through pretty fast. We can. And then on the bottom of both our lists, uh, Keon. Yeah. Hope so, he looks great. Yeah. I, like, I'm love I'm the not, vertical. Uh, yeah. I'm not out on Keon. I'm just. Oh, you can't be out on Keon. Yeah. I, I'm not seeing a whole lot of time for him to be able to develop with the team. Yeah. Right, um, right now, it's going to be cramped. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, 
Coming up, we are going to be talking the Clippers defense, how one newcomer, uh, Eric Bledsoe, is going to switch into that, the pros and cons, which stats we think are going to be better or worse from last season. But first, got to give a shout out to Prize Picks. Uh, Prize Picks has the best NBA DFS prop game on the market. They offer more NBA props than any other DFS prop operator and offer all these superstar players as well as bench players only recording a handful of minutes each game. Uh, Prize Picks offers any prop you can think of from yardage to touchdowns, even interceptions thrown, maybe steals, maybe a bit on Hartenstein fouls. That'd be a fun time. All of your users uh, that deposit and use your promo code will receive a 100% instant deposit match. That's promo code NBA, all capital letters, obviously. You pick two to five players and an over-under on their projections, and you can win up to 10 times on an entry. And it's just you versus projected numbers. Very easy. Uh, Prize Picks allows mixed sport entries. You can take the over on LeBron combined points or the under on Mahomes in the same entry. Use the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. Don't hesitate. Check out prizepicks.com. Use promo code NBA. Or go to your App Store and download the app today. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Now that you made these Prize Picks, where can you watch these Prize Picks? You can check out these prize picks on DirecTV. They got all kinds oh, wow. of sports. Does this sound familiar? You got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows. You're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you got your neighbor's best friends logging for the good stuff. Oh, of course. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called DirecTV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. Wow. And the best part? Mm. No annual contract. Sick. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Don't forget, compatible device required. Content varies by package. All right. Nice speed read at the end. Uh, all right. We're talking Clippers defense. Pros and cons to open the season. Bit of expectations. Um, kind of comparison to last season. Let's get into the stats from last season because they're not exactly eye-opening. I think they all kind of made sense if you watched a lot of the Clippers, how things shook out stat-wise. Um, eighth in defensive rating last year with a 111.2. Yeah. Love it. Allowed the fewest defensive rebounds to opposing teams during the year of 32 a game. Um, Clippers were 14th in total defensive rebounds, but were sixth in defensive rebound percentage, which is great. Um, fourth best in points allowed at a hair under 108. 17th in fouls per game, which felt a little surprising. Uh, probably number one in fouled three-point shooters uh, in the league, which is not good. They were definitely up there. <laughs> they were tenth in opponent free throws per field goal attempt at point one eight six, so eighteen percent the time that a team shot uh, a field goal. They were getting a free throw. For reference, the worst in the league was the Raptors at twenty three percent, which yikes. Twentieth in steal, 29th in blocks. Will the opinion update? Which of these stats do you think will be? We know this also isn't fully encompassing of what the defense looks like and how they play, but which of these stats do you think will be better? Which do you think will be worse next season? Um, I'm going to say blocks just because it can't get any worse. 29th? <laughs> 29th? We're going up, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's going to improve. No, look, uh, you know, looking at these things, it, it's not very surprising. You know, we did allow very few defensive rebounds. because We were a very efficient shooting team as yes, well. Good times. <laughs> um, and, you know, the defensive rebound percentage a little bit jumps out at me just because there were times, especially in the playoffs, which I've alluded to before, that it just felt like, man, we were giving teams like two, three plus. It looked bad. Like yeah. <laughs> offensive rebound opportunities. So, yeah, I, I, I don't know about that. It, it, like, 
as far as improving goes. Sure. <laughs> other than the blocks thing. Yep. Maybe an increase in steals, but I think overall team defense, we're probably looking at a regression. I think the defensive rating won't be as high. Or excuse me, low. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I don't think it'll be as good um, as it was last season. I blocks were gonna go up. Steals, kind of just hope it stays the same. We don't need to be gambling a bunch for steals. Might go up with Bledsoe out there. That's what I'm saying. Based I think I think that it, based on personnel, it could go up. I'm not saying. I mean, like maybe one spot. So I think what's going to go down is the defensive rating in terms of finishing our rank at the year. And we're not going to be fourth best in points allowed. No, that's a fantastic mark. I'm not discrediting. Like we might be top. We top 10. Totally can see it. We'll have to be sure. Totally can see it. Top five. That would be fantastic. The Clippers are top five in points allowed. And we're looking pretty damn good. Because <laughs> like, like we talked about how before we started recording, Clippers can always score. Yeah, it's that's not way less worried about the offense and the defense this year. Agreed. Um, what are the pros of the offense coming into this year? Um, why don't you tell me? Pretty obvious one right off the bat. We got switchability. Yeah, hundred percent. Like we have four guys who can switch between at least three positions defensively between Paul George, Man, Batum, and Mook. We're obviously talking people who are healthy and available. Surge can do some switching a bit, fours and fives. Winslow will probably be tasked with. Winslow can probably switch. Zoo, when he kind of has to, capable defender, three, four, five. Right. Capable three, pretty good four, great five. I would, at fives, I would say. Um, so that's great. Like we, and the other thing that kind of ties is familiarity in the scheme. No, that, that's like, a great That's call the too. most important pro, I think. Um, Huge leap, like we're probably gonna have to lean on the bench a bit after the first month or so of the season, I think, just yeah. a bit more because it's gonna be harder to play on the road that much. Um, Bledsoe is new with the starters, obviously, but he's such a plus defender that I'm not worried about integrating him into this defensive system. So, something that's interesting about Bledsoe is like how his defensive numbers kind of cratered last year, just in terms of like overall, yes. like defensive rating, which is affected by the team around sure. you. But just the market difference to me yeah. has me more confident that like he he has the IQ and the mindset of a solid defender in the 100%. NBA. Hundred uh, percent. Yeah. It's just you know it's just personnel and situation. I'm excited to see how he helps our pick and roll defense. Yeah, that was the biggest bugaboo on the defense, and maybe the you know some of the late offensive rebounds we would give up. It's that point of attack pick and roll defense of. We got killed by shifty guards, and it was just like every time we would play a team with a shifty point guard, which is pretty much every team in the Western Conference. We saw that look a lot better, though, in the playoffs. Yeah, so that's the other part, too, is like how much of the regular season are we going to carry over into the playoffs in terms of tendencies? Because Tyloo's great at adjusting that stuff. Yeah. Um, those are my two biggest pros. What do we got for cons? Cons. All right, look. I mean, there's no Kawhi. Is there any... I'd agree that is a con. Is there any way that this team doesn't regress defensively no i think they i think they will regress but i think it's one of those things of we're regressing more because of the absence of Kawhi as opposed to people not being good yeah. you know what i mean like i think that like filling the defensive void that Kawhi leaves is very hard i love this team i think they can be a four seed maybe a three if things go crazy but like filling that defensive presence is difficult yeah, like, and do we? How much more? How, like, do we want Paul George to be doing a bunch more on the defensive end? Well, that's the other thing too. Is like, 
injuries or really just even resting absences from Batum, Morris, and PG, I mean, that takes a lot out of this defense. A hundred percent. Like if yeah. Paul George <laughs> right, and Mook, yeah. if Paul George and Mook both sit in the night, which obviously might happen. It, yeah, it's not Could inconceivable. Happen. Yeah. Um, you know, you're you're looking at a bit of a downgrade. Yeah, you do still have Bledsoe and you do still have Winslow. Uh, Terrence Mann could make a jump. You still sure, have the kind of. I think Terrence Mann has to make a jump. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, can he? I think he can. I think he can too. In I, terms I, of I, the, I think from what we saw in the playoffs, like his instincts have already improved. His instincts improved. He's not getting lost as much. You're not seeing the back of Terrence Mann's head when someone's cutting to get to the basket. Like we're not seeing those things that he really needed to work on. Yeah, and he did. Yeah, and he's just got up to like NBA speed. You know what I Very mean? Very good call. Uh, yeah. So not I, physically, but like mentally. Like he, yeah, he's making quicker decisions. He's trusting his decisions more. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I mean, you can see that on both, on both ends of the floor of his game. Yeah. Like, um, one con, I think, and you have a great note in here. I feel like we do hear about this every year. Communication might be one. Yeah. Like, so Ty Lue was asked about Hartenstein being very vocal on defense, which if you watch the Clippers preseason, Isaiah was talking a lot. Absolutely. On defense, which is great. Um, it was it was one of those things I had high praise for. Sure. Yeah. Um, Ty Lue said he's young before, you know, like, oh, he's young, like he's going to talk before saying he needs his vets, uh, George Jackson, Bledsoe and Morris to be talking more. Not worried about this on the offensive end, but like, is this a real problem every year or is this kind of a, a cliche? Don't you kind of always want more communication? Uh, yeah. Is there such a th- is there such a thing as too much communication on the defensive end? There might be if you're like. You've played with people who before, like I played with people before, and be like, dude, I like, I know, please stop. But I know, but you're not playing on an NBA team. Well, I dabbled <laughs> in NBA basketball. I had a short, very short career. Um, yeah, I don't know how real this is. I just think there just always should be more talking, maybe. But yeah, yep. and we didn't even see Morris out there. I think Morris is going to be a lot more vocal. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And we know that Batum is. I, I don't know. I just go back and forth on this because it is always a talking point like from the from Ty Every Lue coach the Clippers and, have had. Yeah, and like every coach. <laughs> but like everything that we heard last year was that like this was a team that talks yeah. quite a bit. It was funny because I think it was like 1819. You knew things were bad because Zoo would be the only one talking. Yeah. And a little bit of 1922, actually. Yeah. Where it was like, why am I only hearing Zoo talking on the defensive end? No disrespect to Zoo, but famously not the most vocal guy. Do we have any other cons? Potential cons. I'm just, this is a question mark. This isn't what I think, but. Whoa. Is Bledsoe a downgrade defensively from Pat? Who? Initially, I want to say no. Based on availability. And yeah, I don't know. I feel like you're about to hit me with some stats that suggest that otherwise. No, I, I <laughs> like so. Looking at their numbers, you know, in terms of like defensive rating and offensive rating, sure. uh, Bled's last two years in Milwaukee, he was plus twelve and plus eight. Good. Uh, Pat's th- last three years with the Clippers, he was plus eight, plus nine, plus eight. Okay. So, no but that's you know that's kind of a team stat. It's not like yeah, necessarily absolutely. just a single player. Sure. Um, their rebounding percentage numbers are pretty identical throughout their careers. Interesting. Um, so I don't. I haven't seen like as much of the versatility with Bledsoe yet into like 
I mean, like the LeBron block, like going against like small forwards in right. in a high level yeah. situation like that. I don't doubt that. I that think kind of I think Beverly has there. the mental edge on Bledsoe because Beverly talks a lot. Like Beverly's a different kind of get in your head guy. Definitely. You know what I mean? I think that's a big reason why he was on LeBron too. <laughs> but my answer is no. And if it's <laughs> my answer is no. And also, like if unless Bledsoe somehow plays less than forty games, yeah. It's, it's, a all, it's, you know, it's already a, an upgrade in terms yeah. of availability. I'm going to be interested to see where he's not as good as Bev because he is going to be yes, compared definitely. to Bev. I'm excited to see where that drop is because there are going to be areas where he's not as good as Bev. But I think on the whole, I think he's going to elevate the defense a bit. I agree. And he's going to be tasked. And we saw great stuff from Pat in the playoffs. We Don't did. get me wrong. Bled is going to be tasked with kind of a, a tougher situation because Pat Beverly didn't play next to Reggie a bunch. And have to cover defensively, right? So Bledsoe is going to be tasked with helping shore that up a bit. Yeah. Which is more than we ever asked for Bev. I don't mean that in a weird way, but the availability, the way it worked, it just wasn't there. Yeah. Interesting. I'm excited to see this defense. Absolutely. Um, coming up, we're going to be talking the Clippers open practice at the Galen Center, as well as the first Luke Kennard progress report. But first, Will, say I'm hungry. Are you? What, can, what on earth can I eat? You got to check out Built Bar. You hear us talk about it all the time. It truly is the best tasting protein bar on the market. And did you know that Built Bar has so many delicious flavors? What? There's truly something for everyone. It's really cool when you talk to a Built Bar fan. They're definitely passionate about their favorites. If you don't know the Built Bar flavors, you're missing out. You want to know what my favorite flavor is? Mm. Probably Cherry Barcia, you know? Hey, it's, a little j- it's a little jammy. I'm just putting on a tie-dye shirt, having right. a good time (laughs) if you haven't tried all the flavors you can get a mixed box where you'll get two of each of the nine flavors not only are built bar flavors the best tasting but they're also healthy check out these macros 17 to 18 grams protein per bar calories ranging from 130 to 180 only four to five grams sugar and only four to five grams net carbs Amazing flavors, all tasty, all healthy, all the good highs, all the good lows. Fantastic. Order today, and you can get the grasshopper cookie or raspberry or whatever you like. Go to built.com and use promo code locked on, and you'll get 15% off your order. Use promo code locked on for 15% off at built.com. Okay, welcome to Shavings. Uh, Sunday was the Clippers open practice at the Galen Center. Hope everyone had a great time. Looked like, a, you know, rarely do you get to see. Uh, you know, three periods of basketball instead of two halves. Yeah. Very weird. Um, what? Is that how they play in practice? I like, guess. Is that they do what three, ten minutes. Um, there's an elite Ty Lu bit that Justin Russo tweeted out. He said that Ty Lu told the media today at open practice that he will rip into the team for their transition defense if they don't get back. Love it. It's a good time. Yes. Um, Lou also kind of opened up a bit on what he expects from other teams defensively on Paul George this more. They were, or Paul George this season. They were talking about his passing and the pick and roll. He thinks teams are going to blitz Paul George and not allow him to get shots up. And he added that last year prepared him for this moment. Couldn't agree more with Coach on this one. Absolutely. It's going to be, if Paul George is passing, like, I don't know if it's take a step up is the right word. What do you, like... So do we just want it to not have as many turnovers and stuff? What's difficult is it's going to be interesting to see how how it affects Paul George and his passing when Bledsoe is on the floor, especially if Bledsoe is on the floor, um, you know, with a tradition with the traditional center as well. Because if you're taking away some of those offensive weapons, uh, it then becomes a lot more difficult to see his passing, you know, like improve in a tangible way. 
but I, you know, I do think that he's gotten craftier at, at reading defenses. I mean, he's certainly gotten a lot more used to, you know, getting increasingly blitzed, seeing yes. more, seeing more bodies. And I do think that maybe there is somewhat less of, like I said, that sort of offensive firepower. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are also a lot of really capable shooters. He played a lot with the bench guys too, you know? Like, he's he's comfortable with all these guys. If there were a bunch of new guys, I'd be like, I mean, yeah, it's a little dicey. But he's playing with the same squad for the most part. Yeah, and I think if, you know, if you're seeing the same things happen again and again, I mean, that's like a, that's an offensive adjustment that you make, like yeah. with a lineup or, you know. Entirely, thankfully, king of adjustments. Yes. Which is great. Um, Serge got some time in the practice, which is great. Is he weirdly flying under the radar in terms of how people are expecting the Clippers to finish? I felt like his absence from the playoffs wasn't really talked about as much as a whole. In terms wow, of that's a great it, point. First of all, what it really brought, could have brought to the Clippers in the Western Conference Finals. Is he kind of flying under the radar in terms of how important he is to the Clippers? Definitely, definitely. And I've even like, I've talked about it here and I've gotten, you know, in my own head about was last year like an underperformance? And in my mind, yes. Yeah. I, I thought when we signed him that that offseason that I was like, wow, that's like a that's a really good Huge. signing yeah. for us. Um that's that's a really solid pickup. And so it was disappointing to not get to see him like at his peak for a full season. Yes. Uh health peak. For sure. And yeah, I mean I mean, there's no way around it, especially being down other guys and eventually, you know, even being down zoo. Um, yeah, there's no way around it. Have yeah. having surge. Uh, opens up a lot yeah it, it would be a lot different reggie seemed like he was having a lot of fun hit some threes he was dancing a whole bunch dunked on an oop from marcus morris i don't think anyone's having as more fun of a preseason than reggie jackson he was like signing autographs he threw his shoes into the crowd someone yelled reggie for president he responded back to him life is good yeah i i mean <laughs> like seeing reggie's stock up like this among the fans he's such great. a fan favorite it's and, incredible and it's so deserved right we yeah. talked about great narratives in the freshies but like reggie coming to this team i think there was a lot of criticism people thought he was just paul george's friend yes which you know it isn't he is isn't untrue <laughs> uh but then he was like continually asked to be the starting point guard for this team sometimes when asked, they were singing the national anthem that night <laughs> yeah continually asked to step up and he and he did it, man. And I think that he surprised a lot of people and really got into the heart of a lot of fans. There hasn't been a quicker fan favorite than Trez. I know things ended horribly with Trez. I'm oh, not saying yeah. that. But yeah. there hasn't been a fan favorite like this since Trez and Lou were doing their thing. Um, Kawhi was shooting around before the game. So who's the same when he's ready to come back? No scars. <laughs> yeah, his, his pants were covering him. Um, <laughs> But no, it seems like a fun time. Everyone had a good time. Um, and now to close out Monday's episode, we got our first Luke Kennard progress report of the season. It's time. It's time. We did this last year. Very fun. Uh, sometimes. Not a lot to report other times. Hopefully this season there'll be more. Luke Kennard is not on Vorp Watch, which is also debuting this season. Um, the biggest news in Luke Kennard's life uh, in the last, you know, very long time. Luke Kennard got engaged over the weekend. Yeah. High school sweethearts. Good things to Luke and Anna. Um Will this have a positive effect on his play? Paul George played great um, to open the season after his engagement. Well, isn't the thing you have to have a kid, like the new kid boost? Is yeah, like, the kid boost is very real. I think you still get like a plus 15% boost from engagement. Yeah, that makes sense. Right? That makes sense. Gotta be hyped. Just feeling good in general. And I think with the kid, it's generally after it's born, so maybe adopt. They get into that adoption agency. They get that Just process. for the performance boost. Yeah, they get, they get that process started right away. <laughs> That's a good call. Uh, Ty Lue thinks Kennard is going to have a good season due to comfortability. Um, he says having the confidence, being comfortable with his teammates. 
and what his role is and what his job is on our team. I could not agree more. Man, the Clippers backcourt is going to be so fun to watch as a whole this year. Yeah, it's all a, these it, guys. It's a good time. It's a good time. It's a good time. Um, Tuesday's episode, Twitter Tuesday. So send those questions into at Locked on Clips. We're taking a look at the offensive pros and cons, um, just like we did with defense uh, today. And as we gear up for the Clippers' first game on Thursday, everyone just get excited. And of course, whatever else happens between now and then in Clipperland, Will, where can these fantastic people tell their coworkers and friends to listen to us? You can check us out on Joe's Parking Lot Podcast. Uh, mm, we're also on yeah. Apple Podcasts. Diverse portfolio over there at Joe's Parking Lot. Uh, yeah, they, they run the downtown parking game. But anyways, so. you can also listen to us on uh, iTunes or the, or the podcast app. We're also on Google Podcasts. We're on Spotify. We're on Stitcher. We're on Deezer. We're on Amazon Music. You can always tell your smart speaker to play Locked on Clippers. It works. We mentioned it up top, but we do come at you Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Pacific. Hey, season's starting soon. What, Thursday? Oh, yes. Thursday. Are we wow. back. I we, hope that I hope that you're rocking with us. Absolutely. I have been positive, Chuck Mockler. And I am William the Opinion Updike. And as always, we appreciate you.